Welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Rich Dotson, and my fellow nerds, Matt O'Hara. Hey, hey. Garrett Price. How's it going? And Jared Wackerly. What up? I'm just cleaning coffee off my desk here because I had a nitro brew and now it's spilled all over the place because Garrett's getting all frisky over here trying to touch me because I haven't seen him in a while. Nitro on Miss you. Yeah. You nitro. do look like you've been working out. Actually, I've been on vacation for 12 days, so I haven't worked out in over... It's just a smaller like shirt. Yeah. It's just a tighter shirt. Yeah. yeah. That's, it. That's the way I got it. I saw those <laughs> pictures of you on the beach. I was like, damn, Rich looks like he's uh, kind of jacked. Well, why don't you like the pictures more then? My comments on there like, hey, sexy, what are you doing tomorrow? <laughs> Sorry, I'll try to... God, make my wife jealous. For the love that. of God, somebody, somebody <laughs> say I look good. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Point of all this. Trying to look as young as... I'm going to be 43 in October. I won't tell if you all. Oh, on the verge of death. <laughs> but we're back talking dynasty fans football uh, i think is you know all our vacations are the way we're pretty much gonna be a solid group here for the next uh for a while i guess for until the most part yeah until, until one day when we're not because <laughs> this is it we're on the we're on the cusp of the nfl season everybody reports say the training camp uh it's coming down so exciting so of course we are going to start with our division breakdowns uh my favorite thing about these division breakdowns it gives us a chance to touch on every single player uh, in the league that we feel like that's going to be relevant to your fantasy football season and more importantly is your dynasty fantasy football team. So today we're going to start it off with the AFC East. We're going to do the NFC East on the Nerd Herd episode. So remember, if you're not a member of the Nerd Herd, this is how you're going to get the bonus episodes, the Dynasty GM, the film room, all these fun things all coming to an app coming soon to a theater near you or to a phone near you. Yeah. Uh, it's all going to be an app for you. Everything we have, video, rankings, all that fun stuff. It's Ice cream coupons. Oh, those are going to be in there? I don't know. If that's if there's everything, that's one thing I'm going to vote for is ice cream coupons. Well, I think we'll have a promo would, code would for it. Would they work on like an ice cream truck or just so any random. ice cream in general? I think, I think like probably like Giant Eagle. You could probably use them at Giant Eagle, maybe Walmart, okay. that kind of place. I don't know, like maybe Dairy Queen. We yeah. Could, we could work out a sponsorship It'd be deal. cool if we could get a universal ice cream coupon. <laughs> Free ice cream. Anywhere. Real quick, <laughs> favorite anywhere. flavor. Ooh. Oh, strawberry, easily, by a million oh, miles. Strawberry, yeah. Mint chocolate chip. Ooh, that's a good choice. Uh, probably Moose Tracks. I'm a chocolate peanut butter guy. My least favorite, like, I love all food. One of my least favorite things to eat and put in my mouth at all times, chocolate ice cream. Super gross. <laughs> cold take of the year. Cold Super gross. take. Super cold. Indeed. Listen, everybody, chocolate ice cream, boo-boo butter. I mean, it's like, yeah, then you get a little on your mouth. And I'm like, oh, what have you been eating, boo-boo? Chocolate. No. <laughs> that's not what I've been saying. <laughs> Nasty butt. <laughs> just, oh, maybe just don't get it on your mouth. So these shows are going to be a little bit longer because we have a lot to cover. Uh, so we might as well dive in with all this chit chat. You know, everybody's saying, you, know, you guys talk a lot before the show. Well, that's our show. So tune get, in. Get, get used to it. Get used to it. Don't jinx. Wow. This guy's telling you what to do. Uh, before we get into our, the AFCs, before Boss, we kick yeah. it off with the Buffalo Bills, Ooh. let me tell you about our friends at Prize Picks. Now, a lot's going to be going on here at Prize Picks soon because the NFL season's coming about uh, around here, right around the corner. So there's going to be a lot of over and unders for the NFL teams. Now, if you just like NFL, that's fine. But they have MMA, golf, baseball, soccer, cricket. I'm sure. Um, <laughs> I'm sure. It, probably. If it's a sport, they got over Possibly. and unders on it right now at Prize Picks. You have an opportunity to get on there. Use the promo code Nerds. They're going to give you 100% instant deposit up to 100 bucks. All you got to do. 
is pick two to five players, the over, under, under projections, and you can win up to 10 times your entry. It's just you versus projected numbers. It's not like you have a lot going on there. So Price Picks is going to allow you to do the mixed sports, like I said. They're going to offer all those different options between MMA, soccer, to football, college football, basketball, all that fun stuff. And right now they have the great app on the Apple Store, Google Play. And you get on there right now, use the promo code NERD, make an NFL futures bet or nerds. any NFL bet whatsoever. Use plural. the promo code NERDS, plural. S- and what they're going to do is not only they're going to match that $100 deposit, but on top of that, we are going to send you a free Dynasty Nerds t-shirt. Yeah, we are. The most comfortable t-shirt mm. in the world. We just updated our shirt collection uh, not too long ago. We got about 20 NFL team colors on there, so you can make a multiple requests on what shirt you want. I will get it out to you personally. Uh, if, you've, if you filled out the sheet within the last month, I was on vacation, Rich is on vacation. We're a little bit behind on sending them out, but we're yeah. going to be getting a, a so, large batch out soon. And I'll be doing that next week. So if you did fill it out, don't be worried. We will get you your shirt 100%, and you get entered to have your team audited in our team audit series. Promo code NERDS. Prize pick, check it out. Support our sponsors, support us. We're giving you some free stuff. So literally, it's like you put in ten bucks, and you're gonna get like you're gonna get a free ten dollars, and you're gonna get a, a, the sweetest shirt in the world. Ever. I mean, did, Ever. Tell me, I look like so I was been working out, and just really the shirt. It's just the you. shirt. It's just the shirt. Yeah. All Can right. you make one for me that makes it look like I have six pack abs? Listen, I am not Jesus, Garrett. I can't perform miracles. <laughs> just asking. <laughs> I got some week one lines for who are we talking about first. Buffalo Bills. Okay. Stefan Diggs, week one versus LA. <clears throat> LA Rams over or under Chargers. This price picks? 67 and a half receiving yards. Oh, over. Yeah. So I think one, that's a lot. Number one passing team in the NFL. It's a lock. Yeah. Stefan Diggs. But Gabe always Davis is going to have 500 yards and 16 touchdowns. That's true. In that game. So that's is there going to be any going, you know, enough I'd, to go around? I'll take the over. Gabe under. Davis over under is 51 and a half. I'll take the under. Oh. Let's get into it. Spicy. All right, let's talk to these Bills, huh? Yeah. I'm taking over on Diggs, by the way. Buffalo Bills 2022 at QB. They got Josh Allen, Keenan Allen, uh, Case Keenum, and <laughs> Matt Keenan Barkley. Allen. Whoa. So we got Keenan Allen at quarterback, Leonard Fournette at tight end. This is this is filling out. Yeah, yeah. Running backs, Devin Singletary, James Cook, Zach Moss, Taiwan Jones, and Duke Johnson. Wide receivers, Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis, Jamison Crowder, Jake Kumaro, Khalil Shakir, and Isaiah McKenzie. At tight end, Dawson Knox, O.J. Howard, Tommy Sweeney, Jalen Wademeyer. Um, some of the new additions here are Jamison Crowder. They bring him in one-year deal, $4 million. Uh, probably the slot receiver out there. Take over for Cole Beasley. They bring in O.J. Howard, $3.5 million on one-year deal. And they signed Duke Johnson for $1.2 million. Uh, and we'll see if he even makes a team now that they signed uh, – uh, or they drafted James Jeff, Cook in the yeah. second round. So let's start off the top, you know, with, you know, Josh Allen, arguably the number one quarterback in dynasty fantasy football today, uh, coming off back to back quarterback one years. I know you guys talked about it last week. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he's the first one to do that since going all the way back to Dante Culpepper. And that was like 2003, 2004, the potential to be the uh, quarterback one overall for the third straight year. It's only been done twice. I believe Steve Young, uh, Brett Favre did it, and as those are both in the 90s, I think, in back-to-back years. So he, he has a chance to do something pretty special here at quarterback. When I know you guys did a debate, can he do it, on the YouTube mm-hmm. channel, one of those yep. uh, YouTube shorts. Mm-hmm. So I wonder how that comes out here. This is somebody who's just coming a year, and every year he's got a little bit better, right? Just better throwing the football. Some of his metrics throwing the football, like he still makes some things. Like he gets he makes up for it with his dynamics, but like 
he's still getting better every single year, which right. is a, a nice nice thing to see here. He's on a team that throws the football a ton. Like pretty much nobody throws the football more than the Buffalo Bills. They they, they consistently throw it week in week out. Uh, dominant throwing the football here. Is Josh Allen your guy's number one overall dynasty quarterback right now? Uh, he's definitely number one for redraft. I don't know about dynasty for me. I don't know. What do you think, Matt? Uh, he's in the conversation. I can't remember exactly where I have him, uh, so I don't want to uh, say he is. But if he's not one, he's two. Right. You know what I mean? Like it, it's it's one or one it's, it's or him or Mahomes. Sure. Yep. I mean, he's somebody that just. I mean, it's his rushing ability that's so dynamic. Mm-hmm. When he gets in there in the red zone, he's going to score touchdowns, which is a huge detriment to his running game, right, to, to his running backs. I mean, this is a player that comes in. He's only one of 10 players with 30-plus rushing touchdowns, uh, then going back over the last, like, four years or so. So he's consistent. And, you know, like just like Jalen Hurts, when he gets inside that five-yard line, 10-yard line, though, the running game is what's going to take the biggest well, hit. And I was, I was surprised because that was one thing I really thought they were going to do this offseason was kind of address that, protect their franchise quarterback a little bit more. And there were so many bigger, more physical running backs in this year's class. We we had between the third and fourth round guys like Brian Robinson, Isaiah Spiller, Zamir White, like lots of big bodied physical running backs for them to take one of the few third down satellite type backs was was surprising to me because I thought that was the one thing that they were going to want to change but they're just leaning more into this pass heavy attack which only spells good things for Josh Allen because that means gives him another passing weapon and it doesn't take away from his rushing I still think he's going to be rushing inside the 10 inside the five and he's going to be getting those touchdowns it does it does seem like they've kind of settled in as him as the big back yes. right you know what I yes. mean like that's what, it, what it's starting to feel like with all these moves so uh you gotta love his upside. We we said on the thing. What did I give him? Like a seven or eight? Yeah, on a, on a scale, good odds. Yeah, on a, on a scale of on one the to likelyometer. 10. Yeah, the likely. Thank you. Everyone's favorite game. Couldn't remember what that was actually <laughs> called. The likelyometer. When you so. get him inside the five yard line, it becomes Josh Allen's show, right? Because mm-hmm. then the running backs do take a big step back, whether it be in the passing game or the running game. They're in the bottom third when it comes to targets to running backs and rushing attempts inside the five yard line. They just put it in Josh Allen's hands, and why not? Because he gets the job done. Um, which goes to the running game, Devin Singletary. Mm-hmm. You know, Devin Singletary last year coming into it was somebody that was okay. He was running back 18 in 2021. But weeks 1 through 14, he was running back 34 overall. Weeks 15 through 18, that last hard stretch, he was running back 1 overall. So he was a number 1 running back there. Um, Buffalo hasn't had a running back 1 since LaShawn McCoy in 2017. He was running back 7. I think he was even higher a year before that. So... What's going to hurt, though, what's going to hurt Devin Singletary? So off of those numbers, we're like, oh, he's running back one end of the year, right? Like, he, he dominated. But he got a little bit more active in the receiving game. So he, he had a really good rushing games, uh, over 100 yards in week 17, uh, touchdowns in every single week, had five receptions in week 16, two receptions in uh, week 18, had a couple receptions there in a wild card divisional round. They really just went to Devin Singletary full time. But you mentioned, Garrett, they draft James Cook in the second round. It's a very high draft pick for a running back. Right. Devin, James Cook specializes in the receiving game. So he's going to take all that away from Devin Singletary. So what I look at Devin Singletary is one, for his ADP and his value, he's really good value, definitely in redraft, right? Because of what he's going to give you as a starting running back. And we don't know where James Cook is going to slide in there. I know uh, the GM said, hey, we're going to definitely use him in third down, but if he can find a role in in between those downs, you know, we'll use him. So they're kind of putting the ball literally in James Cook's hands there to right. see. 
So what I'm predicting is that, you know, Devin Singletary early in the season is going to get a little bit of carries, James Cook on third down. And as he slowly kind of comes along and learns a playbook and, you know, picks things up, he'll be a second half of the season kind of running back. So I think Devin Singletary for me is a hold right now, unless you can kind of sell off of that end of 2021 production. Mm -hmm. But right around week three, when people are desperate for running backs, somebody's get banged up, so get hurt. I think Devin Singletary's be a really nice sell, and I think the value will be flipped for where it's going to be at the end of the season next year. I mean, I think that's a smart move. I mean, he's also in the last year of his deal, and and you know, if if they've already drafted uh, James Cook this year, who what what's really stopping them from finally getting that big back next year in in the mm-hmm. draft and, and kind of having a big back and then James Cook? Um, uh, so I I do think Devin Singletary is a guy that showed you last year what he can do in small bursts, but I also don't think the Bills trust him to have that kind of workload over the whole length of a 17-game season. Like they did the final seven games where right. he was a three-down back. Absolutely. So and I, he dominated there, too, because, I mean, his yards after contact is missed, uh, missed ta- like four tackles forced, uh, missed, you know, all that. Like yeah. he, he did really well there. And and that's why I think what you're saying is probably a really good strategy for him and, and a good way to handle him if you, if you do have him on your roster. This might be the time to kind of get rid of him before – before his, his, you know, he falls off the cliff, the basically. Decline. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think at this point, uh, Zach Moss is just just filler. Yep, he's uh, a guy. There, yeah. I think they've tried to get make tried to have him be the guy, but he's just has proven over and over again that he's just, just not, not dynamic enough of yeah. an athlete. Yep. Done. Dynasty value almost to a screeching halt because at this point, even Devin, like, they use him on early downs, but it's going to be James Cook after Devin Singletary. And so mm-hmm. I think that that's the combo we're looking to. Yeah. But they again, want explosive athletes, and they want guys that, you know, if, if there's a dump-off pass from Allen or something, they can do, go do something with it. And that's not Zach Moss. And still limited, though, by Josh Allen. Josh Allen limits this. Again, you're talking about a team that throws the football um, a ton. Like, nobody I, – I have the stats in here how much I threw the football, but, like, nobody throws the football more – Pretty much in the Buffalo Bills, where they where they go out there, you know, which helps obviously, you know, Stephon Diggs. When you go back to twenty twenty, right. he led the league in receptions. He had one hundred twenty seven, uh, dominate with over fifteen hundred receiving yards. Even twenty twenty one wasn't bad. Over hundred receptions, uh, over twelve hundred yards, ten touchdowns. You know, still very solid. And Josh Allen was fourth in the league in attempts. In attempts, yeah, yep. fourth in the league. Okay, yep. so Mah- they- Mahomes, Herbert, and Brady were ahead of him. Okay. It was like five per game from from Brady. Right. Well, and and, and they run a ton of plays too. They're they're sixth in the NFL in in uh, plays per game, so they run at a pretty quick pace. They're throwing down down the field a lot, and they're going to continue to get in some shootouts. I know that they look to improve the defense, and it will be a little bit better. But don't get it wrong; it's still an offensive led football team. They're going to be looking to win these games thirty five to twenty seven more than they are seventeen to fourteen, and and especially in the regular season. You know what I mean? Like Correct. that's, and that's all we care about for fantasy purposes. Yep. And for Diggs gets a new contract extension as well. Makes him a top tier, um, you know, about 28, but I think it pushes him closer to that top tier mm-hmm. of fantasy. I was talking to Matt about this. I, w- I want to talk about it after we do these breakdowns about, uh, I want to do a show right before the season of, you know, we have Justin Jefferson. We have, Jamar Chase, right? Those guys are the Clear one, two dynasty receivers. And over the last like decades, couple decades, like we've always had a couple of those top tier guys in that range. You know, whether it be DeAndre Hopkins, Larry Fitz, uh, Des Br- like, there's multiple guys. Right now, it's pretty much Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. Then you have you guys got like Diggs, Hopkins is older, Diggs is older, Mark Cooper's older. Debo's somewhat of a question mark, kind of somewhat faded the second half of the season last mm-hmm. year, not in a bad way, but sure. a, somewhat of a step down. 
You know, who is it? CeeDee Lamb, who's a, a, a clear-cut prime choice. Prime candidate it, for that. Is it Michael Pittman Jr.? Like, who is that next breakout receiver? You know what I mean? Like, if you look at the landscape of dynasty wide receivers right now, like, it is deep. But when it comes to, like, superstardom, like, young guys. There's two. There's two. And AJ, that's A.J. Brown, I would put up there, too. I'm definitely in the conversation. I, but I would not put A.J. Brown there. We'll talk about him when we get to the Eagles. Yeah, I, I, I would put him there, but I don't think he's going to reach that echelon anytime soon just because of the... The raw targets that he's going to get isn't going to be even close to some of those other players, and 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 his quarterback play isn't going to be as good as players like Joe Burrow and 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 Kirk Kirk Cousins. So I understand that, but uh, but going back to Stefan Diggs, I think he's incredibly talented. I know it's tempting to start fading some of these wide receivers, but at 28, we could still expect three good seasons. He's 20. He's going to be 29. He's, he's okay. He, like, during the season. During the season. Yeah. Okay. Still three good seasons. Still probably three good mm-hmm. seasons. Uh, you know, at least two, but but more than likely three, especially with the money that they're paying him. And, and the way he plays, I think that also plays in a factor as well. Is, I agree. You know, he's such a technician, such a good route runner. Mm-hmm. That 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 spells your longevity a little bit. Uh, you know, but but as far as the rest of the wide receivers go, it's, it's looking like it could be Gabe Davis this year to finally be that guy. Do you think he's going to get to that point? I mean, it sounds like... They're trusting him to be that, right? I mean, what else is really there? Jameson Crowder is a slot guy. I mean, yeah. we, we all know that, right? Who else, even on the team, could fill that role as they, a number two? I, I mean, Isaiah McKenzie's been running yeah, split yeah. the ones so mm-hmm. far in the slot. Okay, They'll probably split reps at the slot there. Him, Isaiah McKenzie, and Crowder, they're going to kind of eat each other a little bit more. Um, even, even last year, when it was McKenzie and Beasley, they, they split. Like, nobody played more than 50%. Uh, of the slot out there. So it's going to really be Gabe Davis and it's going to be Stephon Diggs. And you also have the tight end and Dawson Knox. Dawson Knox and, and OJ Howard as well. And and this team right now is 10th in uh percentage of, of vacated targets. So they have the 10th most available targets uh, compared to the rest of the NFL. 31%, almost 32% of their targets. And that's basically Cole Beasley and Emmanuel Sanders mm-hmm. last year. Uh, we're both part of this offense, played really well in this offense, but neither one has returned. So it does open up some opportunities for Gabe Davis to emerge, Isaiah McKenzie, all of these, op- things, and even Khalil, Khalil Shakir eventually. It opens a ton of opportunity for Gabe Davis. And yeah, Khalil Shakir, nice stash, mm-hmm. but he's a stash at this point. Because maybe the only way you need Gabe to leave, Davis to leave and get a big contract, right? Because mm-hmm. odds of him getting one there in Buffalo are slim. Gabe Davis, a lot of hype about him. You see his ADP skyrocket. You see him go in some of these drafts here in best ball, go a little bit higher then you'd be like, wow, Gabe Davis, right? Is this warranted is the question in Dynasty Fantasy Football. Let's talk about it. You're talking about a receiver who over the first two years of his uh, career so far has had 18 touchdowns. Phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Just turned 23. So he's still super young. Um, he's, a, he's a guy who hasn't got a ton of targets in his first couple of years. Are, um, are those 18 including playoffs or not including playoffs? Including playoffs. Okay. 18 total touchdowns. But this is a guy who's young, and this is a team that I mentioned before, the Bills throw it a ton. The Buffalo Bills are first last year in targets to their wide receivers. So nobody threw the football to their wide receiver more in 2021 um, than the Buffalo Bills. And they were second in 2020. So this is a team that loves to throw the football, which puts Josh Allen in a position to support multiple high-end wide receivers. And he's actually had uh, two top 20 receivers over the last two years. Obviously, Cole Beasley had a couple a good year as well. Mm-hmm. So the way they throw the football, they can support two really good receivers. And if Gabe Davis can stretch the field and do pick up where he left off last year, he's going to be a top 24 fantasy receiver. Josh Allen has shown that he can support this. It's can Gabe Davis put together. 
do you think the what do you where would you think the value is on Gabe Davis right now? Like in Dynasty, because it is it's it's a question mark. You want to say, hey, I don't know if I'm totally in on Gabe Davis, but the way they run the football, the way they throw the football. All signs point you have a 23-year-old big receiver here that has shown they can get it done. He's shown they score touchdowns, which is fantasy football gold here. Is is his price tag has gone up, but do you think it's a worthwhile price tag to invest in? I I think Or is it Kenny Galladay? You know, right, right now we're looking at roughly I think his last ADP I saw was he was wide receiver 25. So okay. like what right around that fringe wide receiver two, wide receiver three. Right. I think that's a about right uh because you're you're buying him based on assuming that he can get to a, a wide receiver two type season right it's it's tough for me to buy someone without the draft capital without the production because up to this point during the season he has two 500 yard seasons so he, sure he hasn't necessarily shown that he can do it but with the vacated targets, there's a path for that to happen. So it really comes down to, is it going to be two receivers and everybody else? Or is it going to be one main receiver and then three or four other receivers that get a lot of action as well? And that's what I don't know at this point. Super, so, super flex ADP, he's wide receiver 39 as of July 13th, sleeper ADP. It's a little it's, it's higher now. Yeah, It's got to be higher now. But I mean, look what huh. the Bills have done too. They've only well, brought... Well, they had that price tag by all day. Yeah, they've only I, brought in slot guys. They that let Eman- they let Emmanuel Sanders go. They let Cole Beasley go. They're bringing James Slaughter, Crowder, Slot, Khalil Shakir, most likely Slot. They haven't brought any other receivers. So, mm-hmm. Gabe Davis is locked in, mm-hmm. and the two receiver sets. Yep. And his and his snap share last year was under fifty percent. It was like forty nine point three percent. And he, even if you just look at Emmanuel Sanders from last year, he was up at like the seventy seven, almost seventy eight percent snap share. So. You would expect there to be some sort of jump this year as far as snap uh, percentage. So you should see. I mean, obviously he's going to eclipse the 500 yard mark. But for is, sure. But for is sure. it going to be nine over a thousand? Yeah. Is it going to be 900 or is it going to which is you know wide receiver three, very low low end wide receiver two type of stuff depending on touchdowns, or is he going to get in that uh, you know 1100 type yards, of yards, eight touchdowns? And I think that that goes to your point. Like, is there going to be two guys or is there going to be three or four guys? You know, after or, you know, two guys after uh, uh, Diggs, or is it going to be just him? After digging into this, I, I, after digging into the Bills and breaking them down here, I feel way more comfortable about Gabe Davis. Like, I would invest in Gabe Davis. I think there's a very good chance um, if you can get Gabe Davis as your wide receiver three, I think there's a very good chance he finishes as a top 24 fantasy football receiver. I think they finish, I think the Bills will end up as a team that has one of those four teams that supports two wide receiver twos, essentially. Um, there's usually about four teams that have that right around there. There's he, never been more than six. They throw the ball enough, and he's a unique guy for that team, too. He's six foot three. They have him listed at like 213, but they said he came into camp like 228 sure. or something, 227. So he's a big bodied guy as well. So that's something that you're not getting from like a Diggs or anyone else really from the team. So. He's unique in that in that respect. And he fits their scheme what they want to do yeah. well. I mean, James Cooks throws a little bit of a wrench in there just about like just for passes where they're yeah, going. taking a little bit of the target share. Sure. But this team's not going to switch all of a sudden just switch gears, right? They're not going to just switch. I know Brian Dable is no longer the offensive coordinator there, but they're not just going to switch what they've had an incredible amount of sex, success doing and you know all the above. And you know <laughs> almost go on the brink of going to the Super Bowl. 
They're going to do what they're going to keep. Right. Gonna, they, they didn't add a dynamic runner to the game. Yes, Devin Singletary looked good at the end of the year um, as a three-down back, but he won't be the three-down back fully this year. You don't invest a second-round pick in a guy like James Cook not to utilize And, and Josh Allen's one of the lowest check-down percentage quarterbacks every single year. He's not checking it down. So when they get James Cook involved, it's going to be on design routes. It's not going to just be – because. Which is something he did also in college. I mean, he split out wide and did all that kind of stuff. So he won't be foreign. And then you have Dawson Knox. He's going to come in and finally be the full-time tight end. Obviously, they're bringing Joe J. Howard, too, uh, who's extremely talented, really good blocker. Um, Dawson Knox came in last year, uh, had nine touchdowns. Saw 71 targets, scored nine touchdowns on those. I was going to say, he's a guy that screams regression to me. I, I think I think there are better tight ends in that range that you could be drafting ahead of OJ Howard for me or for, uh, ahead of uh, Dawson Knox. For I me. think I read Dawson Knox was the number two fantasy relevant tight end last year that um, his fantasy points relied on touchdowns behind Hunter Henry. Well, I mean, Hunter, Henry, besides, yep, Hunter Henry had like 600 yards and double digit <laughs> touchdowns. Hunter Henry, man. I do was scoring and like a touchdown every week. I feel on. like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's the biggest question mark. But, I mean, if Dawson Knox finished around nine touchdowns again, this team's going to score points. They have a really good sure. defense. They have a really good quarterback. Josh Allen's going to stretch the field, put the ball where it needs to be. I think Gabe Davis taking another step forward here uh, is going to help. Obviously, so Josh Allen's top three dynasty fantasy football quarterback. There is a tier. It is Justin Herbert, Pat Mahomes, and Josh Allen in my eyes. Then you have Stephon Diggs, who's in clear-cut wide receiver two territory. I think Gabe Davis... Uh, is into that. Wait, you what? have Stefan Diggs in wide receiver two territory? Tier two. Oh, oh sorry. Tier two, sorry. Tier two. Okay. He's in that tier two. I heard wide receiver two. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I did whoa. say that. Uh, and then Gabe Davis has a chance to enter that third I was tier. About, I was about to give him a high five. <laughs> like, yeah, we're on the same team now. <laughs> so, I mean, outside of that, you have James Cook, who who's a rookie. I, I don't know how much I'd be willing to invest in him. I think the best buy here would be Gabe Davis for the Buffalo Bills for Dynasty. If, if, if his ADP is at thirty nine, then then I'm I'm absolutely that's all in. I exactly. thought it was earlier. Yeah. I'd honestly pay. I'd pay I checked. I triple checked. What would you guys? Wild. What would you guys pay to get him on the team? Like how much what, draft capital specifically? How PPR much you is wide receiver forty four. Two seconds. I don't, I don't think I could get. I don't, a I don't think that would. I don't think I would do. If, that's what I, I was wondering if anyone would say if, it first. If it's if it's wide if he's wide receiver thirty nine though. I mean, think about where you're drafting wide receiver thirty nine in a startup. That's round 10, 11. I think he's still under the radar, like in most leagues, like playing leagues with your buddies. I think he's. I would still, offer. I would offer Calvin Ridley. He's clearly not within the community. Oh yeah, I mean, I would I mean within Ridley. the dynasty. Well, yeah, if you're on Twitter, Twitter and stuff, right. like that's all people are talking about. Right. I I'd, I mean, I try and throw like a big name at like DeAndre Hopkins. Maybe his way, um, and take that gamble. Listen, when you play Dynasty, these are the kind of, they get a player like this. It's on the cusp, right? That has a potential to take a big step forward to be the wide receiver too. Like this is, this is that fork in the road. It definitely helps it, the vacated right? targets are there, right? Like you got to like this is the price you want to buy at right here. Now could it fail? Yeah, but these are the risks you take in Dynasty fantasy football to make your team a, a dynasty. I pulled yep. some trades from the trade browser tool in the Dynasty GM. Um, Gabriel Davis in a second. For Julio Jones, and obviously that's a smash. Yeah, um, it's a terrible trade. Yeah, Travis Etienne for Allen Robinson and Gabriel Davis. Okay, I take Etienne. I take the Etienne side also. Okay, Cole Komet straight up for Gabriel Davis. Ooh, where you at, G? Yeah, where you at, Garrett? This is the one that I was like, I will take Gabe Davis. I'll take Cole Komet. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Interesting. Okay, <laughs> those are interesting. So that that's yeah. those are all pretty. Like I have, I feel very comfortable putting some of those players on the line for. Gabe Davis. So if I'm, if it, I would recommend in your dynasty league, go out there and try and make some offers. See what you have to see what 
your dynasty team has to offer, right? Because, again, it's easy to say in a vacuum, like, oh, yeah, trade this for that. Trade mm-hmm. Julio Jones. But right. you don't have Julio Jones. So right. jump on the dynasty GM. Just Again, this is exactly what's so great about the dynasty GM. Jump on there, see who has Gabe Davis, see what their weaknesses are, and see where you could fill that right. weakness. Exploit. If you yeah, <laughs> exploit, I think Gabe Davis is somebody too. I have no problem investing like a twenty-five first for you know what I mean, like something that's so, like a couple of years down the road that I have a chance to recoup the gamble on. Like I, I like to do that a lot. Like I've done it. I've done it for guys that miss, like Brian Edwards. I've done sure, that for like. Sure. At the time when he was a rookie, I gave a 24 first form. You know what sure. I mean? Um, but sometimes it hits too. Like I did the same thing for uh, players that have come along and hit. So those usually the get no-name up. players yeah. that have come along. All the hit. ones that have hit. <laughs> All of them. All of them. I'm sure I, had to, I had to think. There's multiple guys that, I mean, I did it for Elijah Moore. I've done that for Elijah Moore. Uh-huh. I've done it for, a lot of times like these guys, these guys go in the second round, right? Sure. Like Elijah Moore's. Uh, Brian Edwards. The 11 to 15 range there. I'm just, I'm just busting. And guys, they have a like late round first. You know what I mean? I'm like, okay, I'll give you my first in 2024. And it's 2022. Sure, you know what I mean? Sure. Multiple years down the road. So this should be like a Jahan Dotson range guy. Something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And my biggest sell here would be for me, Devin Singletary. But I, I'm waiting until about week two in the season, right around there. Maybe a big preseason game from him. Um, right after an injury happens. You have a lot of you have a lot of ammunition to back up if you dig into here and some of these stats about you know, his yards after contact, his forced missed tackles, the fact that he was running back one the last four games of the season. You have a lot of ammunition to help kind of build that uh, sales sheet, essentially. Yep, absolutely. To back up to get yourself a good return. I, you, I love to use Devin Singletary, maybe a first at like, get a really good upgrade at running back because I think that's a, my favorite sell here. So Gabe Davis is my favorite buy and Devin Singletary is my favorite sell for the Buffalo Bills, which has a ton of dynasty value on it. Shall we move on? Let's move do it. On. Yep. Let's talk about the Miami Dolphins. Beep, Matt, beep, beep. That's a great shirt you got over there. Beep, Our Miami beep, Dolphins beep. themed uh, shirt. Oh, I had the Bills on, don't I? I, I had to wear, I, you're the Patriots. Patriots, that's right. Yeah, I had to wear it. <laughs> Close Did you say that was the no. Bills? I mean, they're all blue, white, and red. Like, there's like eight teams. That but are there's there. a lighter blue. That's pretty far lighter off. Blue. That's pretty navy. Blue. Yeah, that's I pretty mean, navy. Colorblind. Yeah. Too much. Did, you, did you guys see the Giants' New Jersey colors? They no. look exactly like the Bills. Somebody commented on. Twitter, oh, really? Commented on Twitter how Brian Daybell is turning the Giants <laughs> into <laughs> the Bills. Into the Bills. So hopefully they'll be better. That's, That's funny. funny. They're one of those new, uh, the old school unis this year. They look sweet. I, know. I love all those old school unis. I bust out. Even the Patriots one, yeah. which I used to hate back when it was actually the Patriots jersey. But like, this is the worst jersey in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Now I look at them like, oh, that's sweet. Bring it back. <laughs> Bring it Bring back. I hate the Bumblebee jerseys from the Steelers. Oh, those, those are the worst. Those, those are, are the ugliest jerseys in football. Yeah. I mean, nothing beats the, the Chargers baby blues. I mean, they're tan pants. As good jerseys, not bad, right? I love oh, the baby best. blues. Oh, okay. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. right after bad ones. I was like, the powder blue with the yellow pants, the light. Bolt. Oh, I, I wanted that Ladanian Tom, like that Ladanian Tomlinson jersey was like best the iconic. I own it. Yeah, I own Sick. it. It's in my best, it's in my closet. Best uniforms, all time favorites. Easy, um, so easy. Even dude, even like dude, there's no like they have a lot of cool stuff coming on this year. Like the Bengals, all white, white helmets, white helmet with the black stripes and dude, white shirt. Yeah. White helmets Sweetly. are dope. Black helmets are dope. All these other colored ones, I just I don't know what the Texans battle red. <laughs> I didn't hate that one. I'll meet you at Alabo. I don't hate it either. I didn't hate it. The only helmet I really hated was when the Jaguars did that, like, fade. like or That faded, one was black, bad. Like, uh, I like the Seahawks. Those, the like, gradient. That, that the Seahawks. Green. Yeah, the Seahawks. Eh, like Color rush. Oh, yeah. I could live without it. Anyway, Dolphins. Yep. Dolphins. Anyway. Miami Dolphins. Look at the <laughs> roster. At quarterback, they have Tua Tugaviola, Teddy Bridgewater, Skylar Thompson. At running back, Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert, Sony Michelle, Miles Gaskin, and Zaquandre White. 
At wide receiver, Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddell, Cedric Wilson, Muhammad Sanu, Preston Williams, Eric Izukanama. Yes. Trent <laughs> Nailed it. Trent, she- Trent Sheffield. Tight end, Mike Kosicki, Durham Smythe, Adam Shaheen, and Hunter Long. Of course, now they added a ton of running backs. They're bringing Chase Edmonds of the Cardinals. He signs a two-year, $12.1 million deal. He signs it. Everybody gets real excited. Like, whoa, Chase Edmonds, skyrocket. First guy to sign. Good money. Then they signed Raheem Mostert. Also uh, a former Mike McDaniel running back out of uh, San Francisco for a one-year $3.1 million deal. And then they signed Sony Michelle. I don't know how much they signed him for, but they signed him. And I think a big thing here, Talon, is they signed a fullback, Alec Ingold, for two years, $6.5 million. Why is that a big deal? Because it tells me they're going to run the football. It's the kind of system that Shanahan, uh, McDaniels runs. Yep, it's definitely part of it. Really going to hurt the use check. Which, yeah, and they're going to really hurt the three wide receiver sets that you thought you had to value in Cedric Wilson. But in. no one's really used check because that guy's That's got true. a he's awesome. skill set. Yeah. They mean, bring, he's from Medina, is, isn't he? Or? He's from Ryan. He's from, he's from yeah. like Westlake. He's Garrett Price. Price. Uh, well, yes. They do sign <laughs> Cedric Wilson, too, to a three year, $22 million yes. deal, um, which is crazy because. Then they had an eventually train for Tyree Kill, which is a big deal. So <laughs> they bring a new coach, Mike McDaniel, who's probably going to run a lot of the Kyle Shanahan offense there. Um, he, he he brought in offensive coordinator, Frank Smith. Uh, he worked on the offensive line uh, over there and with the tight ends. So I think he, he did say, though, he didn't call plays in San Francisco, but he is going to call plays here in Miami. Um, so for me, this is a team, again, that it, it's, it's a weird team going into it. And we just had Tyree Kill come out and say, hey, Tua Tagovailoa, the most accurate quarterback in the NFL. No, no, not, <laughs> no. not even – not even close. I mean, his his deep ball numbers are not very good. Um, I mean, he said he wasn't a gunslinger. I think he meant like, you know, mid to intermediate range. Dude, I have some things here. I like concur. PFF grades when he threw the ball downfield over 20 yards. Uh, in, in his overall grade, he was 20th. Um, in yards per attempt, he was okay. He was number two there. Um, adjusted completion percentage, he was 55.2%. So that was best, actually. So it wasn't too bad there. Um, QB rating, though, he was 27th overall. But right now, what what I, what I was really thinking about, Tua, is the help that he has, right? Like, can he keep stuff short and simple for these guys like Tyree Kill and uh, Jalen Waddle? Obviously, Jalen Waddle comes out, was absolutely dynamic last year, wide receiver one. They bring in Tyree Kill, hurts Jalen Waddle a ton. But I was like, what can, Jay, what can Tyree Kill do to help Jalen uh, to a tug of as well. So I went back and looked at Tyree kill in Kansas city when he had Alex Smith in 2016, it was Tyree kills rookie year came out as wide receiver 25. Alex Smith was QB 22, but in his sophomore year, Tyree kill was wide receiver nine in 2017. Alex Smith was QB four overall. So mm. Alex Smith finished year is QB four overall big help too, because of, because of Tyree kill. kill. Yep. So do you think Tua's value in Dynasty, it's a, it's still, he hasn't seen a skyrocket even no. with all these uh, new values here. Where do you guys look at Tua in Dynasty? And with these very dynamic weapons here, he has in Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle, who both could do a ton after the catch. I mean, I think, I think it obviously gets boosted because, I mean, that's, like you said, he's not a strong. I don't think he's got a strong arm. How about that? His deep balls. I I was just looking at um, you know, uh, fantasydata.com. He had a fifty percent completion percentage on deep passes. So he's not. He, that's one of the better rates out there. So it's not like he's terrible at it. I just don't think he's got a super strong arm. But he is really, I think, accurate 
close and, 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 you know, on the, on the close throws and intermediate throws. And that's where, that's where guys like Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill can, can explode and make huge plays out of just small dump off passes. So it's only going to help him, I think, to have both those guys on the team. And, and Gasicki's another weapon down the middle that, that can also break off some plays here and there as well. So you combine that with a nice, strong running game, which is, a staple of any sort of Kyle Shanahan type of offense. And you're going to get easy throws. You're going to get him on the move on rollouts and stuff like that, where he's only using, he's only having to read half the field. and It's going to be quick, easy, easy decisions. And it's all going to spell good things for him. I don't think he's ever going to be a wider, you know, quarterback one type of guy, but I think this boosts him up in super flex to that middle uh, to high QB two range for sure. This I mean, type of move for him to get higher. He has to be able to throw the ball deep. Which he didn't, he has not done yet. Yes, he he look, he's done it okay, but he just hasn't done it. I mean, his average depth of throw last year was seven point four. That was in the bottom like five amongst all qualifying quarterbacks. The, the good news is though, and this is this only emphasizes Matt's point even more. The two type of receivers that they have, even though you traditionally think of speed threats as deep threats. That's not how they've been utilized in the NFL and not how they've been utilized in college. So they really got two guys that fit with it. Not that they can't go yeah. deep. Yeah. Tyreek has they, been used deep. He because, has been. Because he just, you know, is they're like play schoolyard ball basically sure. there in Kansas City. But, but even his average depth of target was below average. Yeah. So it was, you know, even with Patrick Mahomes, he was still doing a lot of stuff close to the line last of scrimmage. Year, uh, last year especially because the defense is adjusted. They took away the deep Correct. stuff and they needed to do all that dump off type so of stuff. So there's going to be a lot of crossing routes, a lot of slants. Mm -hmm. um, you know, even I, I see them utilizing both of those players in the backfield at times, just like we saw with Debo Samuel. Right. So I think they're, the offense is going to be creative enough. And I think Tua is a good enough quarterback. Will he ever be a top eight fantasy quarterback? Probably not. But could he live forever from nine to 15? I think he could. I think he could be a very solid asset for fantasy football, but he's never going to carry your team. I think because of the QBs, the receiving weapons he has, and even out of the backfield, some of the pass catching and running back options he has there, he does have the opportunity to play, be a QB one, just like Alex Smith was in mm -hmm. 2017 because of the weapons he does have. And the fact that he can get the ball under eight yards on the line of scrimmage and let his receivers do the work afterwards. I think if, if I'm somebody that has two on my team, I'm happy to see the jump this year. If he gets up in that high end quarterback two range and we'll see where it goes and we'll see how the season goes. If he, if he ends up, you know, if I end up having expectations of him being a Q, QB one in the future, but right now, if, if I got that little low end QB or the high end QB two numbers, I'm I'm really static. Happy. Yeah, really I'm static. If he, QB sixteen or higher, I'm static. And to your point earlier about the deep ball throws, he was thirtieth last year in attempts on deep throws from attempts. What, yeah, yeah, he was. They were. They not just didn't good. try. But but fifty percent <laughs> completion percentage on that yeah. tops everybody. Like so, he was he was number one uh, with Kyler Murray. He was tied with Kyler Murray. It's a team that just did not put the football deep. But now, again, new coach, new system. Everything's different. This is honestly, for me, I think the Dolphins are one of the most uh, teams I'm most excited to see how it plays mm -hmm. out. To see how these assets move, how they how, how they utilize it, and where Mike McDaniel finds his money piece set, right? Because yeah. this has the potential to be a very dynamic dynasty offense. So, for me, out of all these new coaches, new systems, new players out of the team, I think the Dolphins are number one on my list to, like, Watch and see. The funny part is, I'm with you. They're one of my top teams. One of the other top teams is also in this division. So we'll, we'll be breaking down them in a second. Okay. Looking forward to that. And uh, let's move on to the running game here. Yeah, that's the big so question mark. Here's the biggest question. You're right. Here's the big question mark because Mike McDaniels has a history of producing 
high-end running backs, getting the Correct. most out of them. You know, we mentioned the running back numbers. If we look at their cap numbers this year, something's not going to fix. These running backs all can't just be on the roster. You know, this year, Edmonds, 5.5 million. Gaskin, 2.5. Mostert, 1.9. Um, Michelle, I don't know what their one, money 1. is. 1.75 this year. 1.75. Yep. It's, it's just a one-year uh, one deal. Is there anybody here, Matt, that they, how many of these guys can they just cut outright and not owe anything to? Um, uh, Ahmed, Salvan uh, Ahmed. However, yeah, that he's making hundred seventy five thousand. Yeah, he's making like Ahmed. absolutely, yeah, absolutely nothing. He, he they can totally get rid of him right Ahmed's now. Ahmed's gone for sure. Yeah, Miles um, Gaskin. Surprisingly, I mean, he's make he, he counts like two point five million, two point five million, but his dead money is almost nothing. So they could they could cut him. He, he has twenty one thousand dollars of dead money. So I mean, it's basically nothing. They right. can cut him right now and and really have no ramification, and then they won't have to pay him the two and a half million dollars. So he's the guy that I think is gone. Is gone. Um, so you probably want to sell gas. And the reason I ask that is because like some of these guys still hold value in the eyes. But if they see, you probably want to sell. If it. they see something in camp, they can hold on to them. They have the sixth most most cap money in the in the league right now. They have a little over sixteen million. So if they see something or an injury happens, they can also hold on to the guy as well. So this is a very tricky situation. I don't. I wouldn't just out, outright dump the guy right right this very second because he's still in the mix, um, just because they have the cap money to do it. But he's he's probably down the packing order because they signed all these guys kind of ahead of him, and, and it's their guys versus right. the the holdovers. So I mean, I'm leaning towards him being a guy that you can you can get rid of or write off here as far as the offense goes. But you never know, especially in this offense where, I mean, I we don't have a track record on Mike McDaniel's, but in Kyle Shanahan's office offense, it seemed like whoever emerged just emerged. They didn't really sure. give a crap what they were paying people or where they drafted them or anything like that. It was whoever was going to be most effective in the offense. So. While he's the easiest guy to just say you can get rid of because they can and they didn't sign him, it's still a who the heck knows type of situation for me. Gasket or uh, Chase Edmonds slides in as the most pass catching capable running back mm-hmm. in this offense. So and he, he's a per, the person they're paying the most money to. So he seems like the li- likely starter. I'm still all in on Moster. He's one of my favorite buys in Dynasty for how cheap he is. I think he's a really, he's obviously was just cleared from he just that, got uh, cleared, yeah. chipping that cartilage week one. Mm-hmm. He's so explosive. He knows the offense really well. Uh, from being coming from an offense. So I think Mostert and Edmonds are in the line to share carries early on. Mm-hmm. I could see Mostert being the, the, the starter running back, that one-two running back, and then Chase Edmonds playing on third down here. The, um, the tough part is they, they brought in Sony too. and He we, could be the guy too. We know that down in the goal line, they are not afraid of the ground and pound. And actually last year, Sony Michelle, this was one of like the odd I couldn't factoids. Believe. He was actually one of the top five. Uh, he was fifth in most touches inside the red zone last year for the Rams. So he's a guy that is used to getting the ball around the goal line, and they might be looking at him as this goal line back, which they, they've done before with like Malcolm Brown and stuff like that in Miami. But Kyle Shanahan's done that all with Jeff Wilson and different players like that as being like their more red zone goal line specialist type guy. So it's going to make all of these guys almost irrelevant, and which all, is tough. And all those systems are related to Sean McVay and, and Kyle Shanahan work together uh, back in Washington. Yep, in Washington. So, I mean, and, and obviously Mike McDaniel coming from the same system as well. So it, it's not a big leap to say Sony Michelle can, can, he can perform well. Cause I think he performed. That was probably the best we've seen out of Sony Michelle last year. You sure. know what I mean, so I, I think he can, they've seen what he can do in this offense. They brought him there. That Patriots so, playoff run was pretty sweet. Yeah. You know, best, it since, was. best since his rookie. Yeah. yeah. Since, yeah. Best since then. Sony Michelle's RB 70 off the board. Um, Mostert's RB 65 and Chase Edmonds RB 36. 
and start up ADP. Yeah, I like Mostert for ADP value the most. That's the guy who I have I've been trying to trade for and get a lot of shares for, like yeah. very casually. Like, oh, do I just use some depth here? Can I get Mostert off you for like a fourth? Casual, <laughs> you know? casual. and so I didn't realize casual. or remember. Maybe I maybe it's, I just don't remember. I didn't realize that it was like such a bad knee injury. He made it sound like in some of his comments that that, that he was getting reports back that it might be career threatening, and that he was like thanking God that he was able to get back and, and like trusted the system and the medicine and faith and all that kind of stuff it took a while to get back. Yeah. We won last year. Yeah, absolutely. So almost a full year for recovery time. And he, I mean, so, you know, we say Edmonds is the pass catcher running back. He is again, new system. So this doesn't really matter. But when you go look at last year, this was a team that was not throwing the football a ton to the running backs. Now, again, they had a worse running game probably in the NFL last year too. <laughs> um, so I, like I take notes like that. I kind of like just, sweep them under the rug a little bit because it's kind of somewhat meaningless. All new running backs, whole new system. So right. like some of those stats yep. that Tua didn't throw the football running back a ton. But at the same time, you do have to worry about Waddle and uh, Hill on the line of scrimmage. Will those opportunities be there for uh, Chase Edmonds to catch a football, football, even if he is the starter running back there? And of course, you have Gasicki over the middle, uh, a tight end that they did franchise this year who... Again, it's weird because they signed Cedric Wilson, but Gesicki was uh, basically a wide receiver last year. So they signed yeah, Cedric Wilson to play in the slot, but <clears throat> it was Gesicki last year and that, that's that the, played in the slot a ton. The Wilson money doesn't make a ton of sense. Obviously, the timing of it was such that they, they didn't have Hill on the team yet, and then they paid him all the money. Um, so it's going to be interesting. That one I think they could end up probably re- regretting um, quite a bit, but... Um, you know, they can get out after like next year and that, in that Cedric uh, and Wilson will. deal. Yeah. Because it doesn't make, I mean, Gasicki's a big wide receiver. If I asked you how many times that Gasicki was asked to pass block last year, what as a tight end, mind you, how many times do you think it is? Can I count them on my hands? 11 snaps. Almost. Almost. <laughs> 11 times Gasicki yep. was asked to pass block. Besides Jeez. that, he was basically a giant out uh, slot receiver. Um, he's just, he's one of these guys that he ran, I think he ran about 75% of his snaps from the slot. So mm-hmm. again, and that's what we're looking to for opportunity, right? We want the, right. those are the tight ends we're looking for. Now it's muddled a little bit with Waddle and with uh, Tyreek Hill, but we've talked about Gasicki in past episodes. Like they didn't franchise, they franchised him. They couldn't come to a deal. Gasicki is going to be a very young tight end. That's a giant wide receiver. For sure. Then go out there and get paid and be somebody's option there at tight end. I, I am really interested to see how he's used in this offense because coming from George Kittle, who yeah. was asked to block a ton, yeah. are they going to want him to block more? Are they going to use Smythe more than than we would originally think because Gazicki isn't blocking? There's also Hunter Long, who, who they drafted that's last year as well. But that's, that's another guy that's not going to be he blocking. He sucks. Yeah. Smythe, have you seen his legs? He's a big dude. Big dude. He's a Shaheen's big dude. massive too. Yep. He's a big guy. Yeah. yeah I can see him just it's gonna be interesting to play out because like all these guys that bring it. Cedric Wilson played most of his time in the slot. Gasicki, all his time in the slot. Uh Jalen Waddle as rookie year. Mostly played the slot. Tyreek Hill last year, mostly played in the slot. So <laughs> wow. It's gonna be very interesting how it, this that is out. I mean, that is a lot of loaded up slot. But <laughs> Gasicki, I mean, Gasicki can, can be put out wide as well. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, you can get somebody with a sure. big body out there. Sure. What do you, so what do you, so and don't you, do you forget about them? Preston Williams? What the heck, man? <laughs> He's back. He's where do you back. think the value here is in Miami? Like, where do you, where Tua. Do you think two is the value? Tua, nobody else, I think, is like a huge value. Like, don't get me wrong. 
I have Jalen Waddle on some teams. I have Tyree Kill on some teams. Like I, I think all of them are fine. But when you're talking about who could make the biggest leap from where their ADP is now to where they could be, right now, too, his ADP is around quarterback 18. He could jump into that fringe quarterback one range of quarterback 13, 12, and be really, really valuable for fantasy football purposes. And, and that's huge for Superflex. He could get I mean? replaced, so. too. He, he could also get he replaced. He could suck this year, and they have all these weapons in place and just replace them like that. It, it's it's entirely possible. The hard part is they don't have as much draft capital now as they yeah. once did to be able to do that. So they, they kind of are in on him unless they make some massive moves and make some Tom trades Brady. getting the first. <laughs> so I think the two asking price is still like, for the, all the risk you have to take is a little going to be a little too high for me because everybody's on that hype. I think the value for me still, for my favorite buy in this team, is still Mike Kosicki. Um, I th- now, is it right now? Absolutely not. But I think I think by time where he's... For a good landing spot. I think where he sits in the tight end rankings around week six to nine, mm. I think that's a buy period on Kosicki. That's where I'm, I'm going to start attacking uh, my, for Kosicki shares right around week six, seven, eight, right around there when he's like tight end... Nine through fifteen, somewhere around there. These other guys step up and outproduce him because of the weapons around him. Now, could he come in here and ball out and make these amazing one-handed catches because he's super athletic? They consistently did at Penn State and in Miami so far. Yeah, but I think, I think I'd want to buy in Gasicki this year low because I think that high will be next year. Do would you send? Would you send a second rounder for him? Gasicki, yeah, tiny premium Mm. in a heartbeat. Okay, that's what a couple trades I found on the trade browser. I still. Dude, I still have this invi- in tight end premium, a second round. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would definitely. Do that. Yeah, I still have this vision. I'm telling Absolutely. you, it's just I don't know why it's in my gut. I have this vision of Gasicki in 2023, week one, catching passes from Pat, Matt, Pat Mahomes. It's still locked in my head. He <laughs> slides into that Travis Kelsey role, and he becomes a top four consistent tight end. I think that's. I think the upside is there. Like no matter where he goes, he's going to go yeah. get paid. Right, he's no. going to go get paid. The dream spot would be in Kansas City, sure. right? To replace Travis Kelsey, he's going to be 34 years old at this point. Um, so for me, if he signs there, you're, you're talking mid-first value. Like his his value would just skyrocket. We talked sure. about this before. So my favorite buy mid-season is Mike Gesicki. And we'll probably circle back to that at some point as well come this season comes along. But I think the biggest chance for ADB jump, you mentioned Tua, but I mean – I don't see that a massive jump there for where he can go there. I think you don't pre- think he could be up to quarterback 12, 13. Yeah. But I think right now he's going up the board is what quarterback 18. 18? So you're mm-hmm. talking about a couple spots, right? Uh, a couple spots. I think Gasicki right? Has a chance to, to jump much higher into a much harder tier to get into. Yeah, I think that's true, but there's more variables that have to happen. Like Tua just has to play well on his current team. He has to, one, go into free agency, and then two, get picked by the right team. It, so it's, there, it's there's the more variables that I at play. So, I mean, that's that's the whole that's the whole labyrinth of dynasty fantasy football, mm-hmm. right? To find these doors, yeah. to find these windows that you can enter, right? They, that are, are good opportunities, right? Like, we are trying to find these guys. They're on the cusp to being those tier one guys, mm-hmm. right? Because they're so hard to get these tier one guys as it is, especially at tight ends. So I think Gasicki has that opportunity. And yeah, is there a lot of different like doors he has to walk through to get there? Right. For sure. But to me, it's the most enticing door that I'd want to walk through. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, if all that plays out, it, he's incredible. Absolutely and, incredible. And the thing about Gasicki this year especially is he's going to be seeing, and, and we were talking about this before the show, the, the coverages 
that he is going to be seeing are going to be completely different than they were last year. Oh, for sure. Because, I mean, last year you had a rookie who was making some plays, but necessarily he wasn't getting all the coverage rolled towards him. And now you've got a guy going in his second here who's kind of established that he's a very explosive guy. And then you've got Tyreek Hill on the other side who always changed coverages there in Kansas City and and opened things up for guys like Travis Kelsey and the running backs and stuff like that. So he might be just running wild with either a linebacker that can't keep up with him or a safety that's not big enough to cover him the entire season. Which is and, – and I thought I thought about that too because like, it interests me because they do keep those receivers somewhat short and they put Kasicki in the middle. You're right. There's no safety or linebacker in the NFL that can cover Mike Kasicki. Right. You know, that it's, can – Stop him essentially on a one-on-one basis, and that's and he's he's going to be seeing a lot more one-on-one coverage this year, just because of the Tyreek Hill and just because Jalen Waddle. Both those guys are so explosive that it might not be you're always doubling Tyreek Hill, which they probably are. Um, but if they're not, it's it's going to be Waddle. Waddle's the other guy that you got to worry about, and the other guy that's going to be getting doubled. It's not going to be Gasicki, and he's a freak too. So I mean, they're they're going to have a hard time covering this offense. Very interesting. Very exciting offense. Yeah. To watch. Very mm-hmm. very very interesting to see this play out. So you know, when I talk about navigating through these doors and these windows of dynasty fantasy football, a lot of times it's invested in the future, right? Like it's like, mm-hmm. hey, I'm, I mentioned before, trading my I like to trade my 25 first for like guy like Gabe Davis, right? Mm-hmm. Like. So the team that trades for that 25 first is making an investment in the league in their team for the future. They're get, they have multiple firsts in the, f- in the future. The worst thing that happens in some of these dynasty leagues is because as dynasty grows, you get people that are getting a little bit ahead of themselves to find themselves in too many leagues, and they quit. And all of a sudden, your league folds. And now you have this 25 first, but the league folded in 24. It mm. does you no good. You, committed your, you invested your time. You invested your finances into this league. And right now, it was all for naught, right? Because a lot of times the funnest part about Dynasty is blowing it up in the rebuild, right? So what happens when the league folds? You go join another league. The hardest part is finding long-term value in Dynasty leagues. And we're fortunate enough, we're analysts, we never have any problem finding people to join leagues with us. Sure. Um, you know, I've been in leagues that are 15 years old. I've been in leagues that are 18 years old, you know, so we're blessed. If you want to get security, the best place to do that is ffpc.com. It's a site that launched in 2010. Um, they have the largest high stakes dynasty leagues out there. So whether you want to be a high stakes player and play in leagues that are $2,500 to get in or just a $77 leagues, they got leagues for you. They have never had a single league fold in FFPC for their dynasty leagues. That's how strong of a base and platform that they offer for dynasty fantasy football. And right now, you get in there and use the promo code NERDS, and they're going to give you $35 off any new FFP startup registration you have. And it's not just Dynasty, right? Because in addition to Dynasty Leagues, they have um, a wide range of redraft leagues. Uh, they have contests on there starting at 5 bucks. So FFPC is more than just a Dynasty platform. But it is the number one Dynasty platform you can get on there. Sometimes you might have a hard time. Like, dude, You might listen to this podcast like, I want to get in Dynasty League. But I don't have five guys to get in there with, you know, and... That's a little risky. FFPC can solve that problem. We're playing a six-man league? No, but the whole you can't get a league off the ground. <laughs> I don't have five guys. So I encourage <laughs> everybody, 11. get on there, ffpc.com. Use a promo code NERD. Save yourself 35 bucks. Get into a high-stakes league or a new league and just expand your dynasty rosters with security. Because, again, when you make all these trades, you want to make sure that you're invested into it long-term. Because that's what dynasty is. It's a long-term investment. And that starts year one. Because year one, when that league kicks off, there's going to be a top-tier teams, and there's going to be the teams like, oh, I done messed this up. That didn't work. That's how you end up in so many dynasty leagues. It's always like this, right? 
God, if I had just one more shot to do a better this time. They have like their own. Uh, they have like their own oh, auction oh. system too. Like you can sell your teams um, on FFPC site and buy it, buy teams too. So even better, yep. love it. Even better. Check them out. Our friends, FFPCs.com, the place, safest play, place to play dynasty fantasy football. Let's jump on, Garrett. What, Jared, where are we on time? Uh, we're about an hour. We've only gotten two teams. We're an hour. We're fifty-five minutes. Yep. We got hustle. Well, no, we can't hustle. No. Well, yeah, we, 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 you want to be lackadaisical? What are we going to do? Just take, it? Wait, just take a deep breath. Brisk pace. Slow it down. <laughs> for the nerds. Come on. Dive well, into this the, one's for everybody. Dive, good thing I had that nitro brew. They're all nerds. All right. Let's dive into the New England Patriots. Quarterback, Mac Jones, Brian Hoyer, Baylor, Bailey Zappi. Running back, zap, zap. Damian Harris, Ramondre Stevenson, James White, Pierre Strong. Wide receiver, Devontae Parker, Kendrick Bourne, Jacoby Myers, Tyquan Thornton, Nelson Aguilar, and Ty Montgomery. Yes, the former running back of the Green Bay Packers. Mm. Tight end, Hunter Henry, Johnny Smith, Devin Asiasi, and Dalton Keene. Now, this is a team that, again, that we thought that runs the football a ton. Uh, they change it up. They, they bring in uh, Tyquan Thornton in the second round, who's a speedster. They draft Pierre Strong in the fourth round. They draft Bailey Zappi in the fourth round. They even draft Kevin Harris, who's a running back who I somewhat liked in the sixth round out here. So it's a lot of muddled waters out here. Mac Jones, a rookie quarterback last year, comes in. He was quarterback 18, right? Comes in, uh, average, uh, he was quarterback 18, but he averaged 14 points per game, which was 29th best. I mean, he's behind guys like, Trevor Simeon, Teddy Bridgewater, Tyler ha- Taylor Haneke, Tua, Goff, Roethlisberger, Tyrod Taylor, and Sam Darnold on points-per-game basis. He says he was consistent and ended up being quarterback 18 overall. Uh, had four top 10 fantasy football finishes uh, in, a, in the last uh, second half of the season there in 2021. What do you guys think of Tua? I mean, this is a guy that comes in. Or Mac Jones. Uh, I'm sorry, yeah, Mac Jones. I mean, <laughs> comes in, very solid quarterback, seems very safe as a rookie, so tons of room to grow here. Sure. Offers zero rush upside. Only had 44 rush attempts last year. Yes. Not a mobile zero. running back here. Where do you guys look at Mac Jones? Because I look at him as, like, that Andy Dalton quarterback, right? Like, right where he is. Like, quarterback 18. I know he didn't have a lot of good weapons last year, but still – I don't think the weapons he he needs like a dynamic receiver that's going to do a lot after the catch to really elevate him. But even then, will he ever be better than quarterback like fifteen? And it's hard to say because he's just a rookie. But what do you guys think? I think he's a solid starter. I think they're gonna. I think he's you know. I think you can feel comfortable that he's going to be around for a few years. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. New England's a very stable sort of organization, and, and from that standpoint, I feel good about him. I do think he you know if. If he's in a two QB league, uh, he's probably going to settle in as your number two. He's never going to be a starter that you're always relying on. For you know, for Superflex, I think you're always going to be trying to do better as your second quarterback, uh, at least for the the next couple of years, unless he develops. Unless he, you know, there are signs that he's he's already come into camp and and looked much better and like night and day compared to where he was starting off last year. So there's good reports coming out. That's what you want to hear. Obviously, um, it is early fluff piece camp type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see if it actually holds up when the real games start to, to you know, get played. But I don't, I don't know that the, it's going to be, they did a, they did a similar thing with Tom Brady, right? When they brought him in, he wasn't 
chucking the ball all over the place early on. It was very much so re- relying on the running game, short dump off passes, this kind of stuff, build your confidence for a, decade. For a long time. And then it was kind of like, and then they started opening up and letting them chuck it deep. And then it was, he was working every part of the field and they kind of just built this guy up. And I think they're going to try to do the same thing with, with Mac Jones. So I don't think you're going to get a guy that's, all of a sudden going to be explosive two years from now. I think it's going to be two or three or four. That's like the slow burn here until they build this guy up to be like the full quarterback that they want. Yeah. Cause Brady was a, not a high end fantasy football quarterback for a while. I mean, he right. had Dion branch early on, mm-hmm. who was like a fancy asset. And then obviously Randy Moss for those couple of years was sure. dominating. Besides that, you know, there wasn't no. a lot going on there in new England relying on a run game. Yeah. And I talked about it last year, uh, quite a bit to where I, I really think Mac Jones is one of the more overrated quarterbacks right now. We see him in, in startups right now. His ADP is actually better than a guy like Kirk Cousins, which if he turned into Kirk Cousins, that would be beautiful. I don't, that, but I think that's the high end for, for a guy like Mac Jones. Uh, he's not going to, he's not going to have the rushing yards. He's, doesn't have the receiving core right now to be able to put up a ton of yards. It's going to continue to probably be a run first offense. We don't even know exactly who their offensive coordinator is right now. Like I mentioned that so many times, it's yeah, ridiculous. It's 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 a weird situation. Bill Belichick's so, not into titles. He's not. He's not. He's not. Um, you mean Sir Bill Belichick? <laughs> <laughs> so I think I think he's going to continually be overrated because he had NFL success last year mm-hmm. and he's young. And those are two appealing things typically in Dynasty, but I think they're masking the truth of he's a mid to low end quarterback too, and he's going to continue to be there probably for the foreseeable future. And he doesn't have flashy wide receivers, to your point, Rich. Like who? I mean, Thornton, Devontae Parker, Jacoby Myers, who is their number one receiver here. We'll talk about him in a second. Right, Kendrick Bourne. Don't you forget about him. Like it's. And there's a lot of opportunity to get past. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, we expect to take a step forward this year. Justin Fields, we expect to take a step forward this year. Baker will probably do better than he did last year. We started all that last year. Deshaun Watson never even played right. uh, last year. Like, there's a lot of quarterbacks that have the opportunity to push him down. Uh, even Kenny Pickett, a little bit. I mean, has an opportunity yeah. to, to, to do that as well. Uh, and then at the running game, we said this is a running back first team. We They have Damian Harris last year. Finishes running back 14 overall in PPR leagues, but again, that came off of 15 touchdowns. Kind of going back to that LeGarrette Blunt year where he had uh, the double-digit mm-hmm. touchdowns. So we, we we would expect to see some touchdown regression there. There is also Ramondre Stevenson, who's a quality uh, running back there. He's expected to eat some of that Damian Harris uh, workload as well. So right now with this with this backfield, it's really hard to trust these guys. When there's this many guys, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if Kevin Harris found his way in there with Bill Belichick sure. a little bit. Then you got Stevenson, you got Harris. So the number Pierre one, strong. the number one value in Pierre Strong, the number one value always in New England outside the guy scoring the 15 touchdowns has always been a pass catcher and running back, always. And that's and then being James White if he plays, if, or even and pa- that's a big if, big right if, now. or and then even Ty Montgomery might hold some value here because it's always ends up being a pass catcher and running back that holds its value in New England. I think over the last 10 years. Over 50% of the time, it's been a pass-catching guy that's been a value in New England. So it's a murky situation when you have this many guys where you don't know. It's safe to assume Damian Harris is that guy. But inside New England here, at the running back and quarterback, there's nothing to like write home about. There have been, and Matt and I were talking about it last week or two weeks ago, uh, there have been some, some rumblings about uh, Ramondre Stevenson being used a lot more on third down. If that is the case, he becomes immediately very interesting to me very. because we saw last year 
that he worked his way into the rotation, which for a lower end as far as where he was drafted running back is interesting because Damian Harris was redshirted as a rookie. Like he didn't play at all. He wasn't even active most of the time. So for him to be used that much early on, and he had a couple fumbles early, but then got right back on the horse and was used used again and and even had some starts while while um, Harris was out. He's, he's the player for me that if there was a guy to break out this season from the Patriots as a whole, I think it's Ramondre Stevenson. I'm not I'm not guaranteeing it by any stretch of the imagination, but for the price, that's that's the risk that I want to He's the play. best buy yep. in New England, 100%. He's, he's somebody coming out, like I like this tape. I think it came down to Ramondre Stevenson and uh, the late round backs I like the most. It was Ramondre Stevenson and somebody else actually showed pretty well last year, but... He's, he's probably my favorite buy for cost to value ADP-wise for upside uh, in New England. Definitely with Billy's going to get the best guy the opportunity. If you mentioned what you mentioned, third down opportunity, you're Sky's right. Like, that that, that could be a skyrocket yeah, move there in New England. The one thing that no one's really talking about is New England is the only team right now that is over the cap. They have they have negative like three hundred and forty grand or something like that. It's not it's not a crazy amount, but they're going to need to make some sort of move coming up here soon. So guys like... Guys like James White, he he has, a, you know, if, if they cut him, they get a million bucks back as far as cap space. And, so, they and they need it. So he might be a guy that gets cut just because, because of injury. Because of injury, and they can't guarantee his contract, so they're not going to have him on the on the roster week one because they're over the cap. So they're going to have to do some do some maneuvering here. They can also go to Hunter Henry and Jan, Jan, Janu Smith, who both have huge cap numbers right now. Hunter Henry right now is the second highest cap number uh, on the team at 15 million. And Johnny Smith is third highest. Or but can no, they get out fourth, from, fourth from them? Cause they just signed them last year. They can't no. get out, but they can restructure. And okay. and so we might see some of that kind of stuff happen sure. uh, before the season. But right now, I mean, they have tons of dead money, 19 million uh, for Hunter Henry and 26 over 26 right. for, uh, for Johnny Smith. So it's, it's an interesting situation. They're going to have to make some room somewhere. Um, we did forget to mention Nelson Aguilar uh, as as a weapon. <laughs> I'll put that. Did in. I not say his name in the receivers? I don't know. I, we didn't mention him when we were talking about sure. it, uh, Mac Jones's weapons. But well, we he, haven't we haven't got the receivers yet here too. Um, so but falling back in that running back situation, you do want to follow closely what happens here because if we do end up cutting James White, if Ramondre Stevenson obviously is on a waiver wire, you might want to check your waiver wire to see if Ty Montgomery is available because it, it could become a weapon this offense sure. for 2022. You, you never know with Bill Belichick. And he, honestly, Ty Montgomery, I would guess more than not, is on your waiver wire. Probably. Yeah, uh, and, and Isn't J.J. Taylor still there, too? J.J. Taylor J. J. Taylor J. J. Taylor's there. Taylor's there. Oh, Mon- Montgomery, Mon- Montgomery's a guy that... Um, There's seven running backs on the roster. He only has like <laughs> 300 grand of dead money as well, so he could be cut pretty easily to make some to make some room. He's making 1.6 against the cap. Or you keep him and you cut White. Yeah, no no, no kidding. No you, doubt And either. you mentioned receivers. I mean, Jacoby, Jacoby Myers last year is wide receiver 29 over last year um, after being wide receiver 54 in 2020. And the team hasn't had a top 24 guy since 2017, which was Brandon Cooks. He was wide receiver 15. So it's been a long time mm-hmm. since teams produced anything at receiver. So it's been, been, it's been like Deion Branch, Randy Moss, and Brandon Cooks. And, and that's was, it over the last like 15, 20 years. And they got Wes Walker. Nikhil Harris. Oh, Wes Walker. Sorry. Yeah. They, tra- they traded away Nikhil yeah. Harris, Chicago. Right. Um, so Myers last year, he saw 126 uh, targets. He was clearly the number one guy out there. They traded for Devontae Parker. They bring him in. It could be Star Wars. It could be a trap. Could be a trap. I don't know. Uh, Bournes, you know, I mean, then they have, outside of Myers, who had 126 targets, they had Hunter Henry. He saw 75 targets. Uh, Kendrick Bourne saw 70. Aguilar saw 64. Um, Johnny Smith saw 45. So it's not like 
it was pretty much a Jacoby Myers show, and that's it. Traded for Devontae Smith Parker, who they gave that up. That is a interesting. Third, they they gave a fifth back, and they got Devontae Parker. Or they gave a third and got Parker and a fifth back. But they still gave a third round pick for Devontae Parker. So they're still trying to solve this and, and wide receiver structure. He is a player that has been a wide receiver one before. I know it's been a couple seasons. Twenty nineteen, but he he has been a wide receiver one. He's got the pedigree. Uh, big thing for him has been been health. Health. You know, if he His can whole stay healthy, career. Yeah. yeah, he can stay healthy that he actually has the physical attributes, size, skill, ability to be a wide receiver one. I still don't think, you know, I think best case scenario is if like he ended up as wide receiver 27, we'd be thrilled, you know, but, but still great value for somebody that uh, I talked about him as one of like my late round gem guys. He was like wide receiver 98 or something ridiculous like that. He's 74. He's 74. Okay. So, so he's, he's, Almost free at this point. And Aguilar is a guy that they can cut and get $4 million bucks against the cap, too. So oh, he's he, gone. He, he could be gone. Yeah, he yeah. See ya. Yeah, he sucks. Tyquan Thornton literally fills his role, which is that outside deep threat perimeter We were uh, catching him. Runner. Like so, Aguilar. <laughs> do you remember that with the guy catching I do, the babies the guy, out yeah. of it? <laughs> I, mean, and, I mean, you mentioned Parker, 2019, 72 catches, 1,200 uh, yards, and nine touchdowns. So he's definitely capable. Uh, has that big 82-inch wingspan. So mm-hmm. uh, a, a prospect I liked a ton coming out of Louisville, but just – He's only had one year to put together. I think I think Algalor is good as gone there because what they paid him, and I think they drafted Tyquan Thornton to fill that role as the second round pedigree there too. At tight end, another pass catching opportunity here. Henry he had fifty uh, catches for six hundred three yards and nine touchdowns. So obviously, all his production and being tight end ten touchdown came hands. from the touchdown production. Yep. Um, but still, I mean, he was tight end thirteen on a points per game basis, so he's in that that range of that mid range sure. tight end. He just needs a touchdown to come back. But overall in new England, I think the best, um, buy for me is Ramondre Stevenson. Like you I'm said, you. and my favorite sell in Superflex would be Mac Jones. I love to just try and look elsewhere and see where I can get somebody who wants that. You know, you get you know, those dynasty players that want that safe, that are afraid to like take the risk. Mm-hmm. And Mac Jones fits those profiles easily. To a T. Yep. I love to sell those middle of the road dynasty teams that never get out of that middle of the road. Right. So for Zach Wilson for Mac- and, uh, you know, hope for the best. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I mean, Zach Wilson falls. We're gonna talk about him soon into that. Uh, that. That was a segue I was trying to give you into the. Yeah, he falls. Well, he falls in that kind of two uh, two role. So let's talk about the New York Jets, right? Quarterback Zach Wilson, Joe Flacco, Mike White, running back Brees Hall, Michael Carter, Tevin Coleman, Ty Johnson, wide receiver Garrett Wilson, Corey Davis, Elijah Moore, Denzel Mims, Jeff Smith, Braxton Berrios, tight end C.J. Zuma, Tyler Conklin, Jeremy Rucker. Uh, the two big additions here, they bring in C.J. Zuma. He had a three-year deal for $24 million. Tyler Conklin comes in three Tyler years. Tyler Conklin. That's Tyler. who it is. We, we were saying Conklin last na- last week, and we could not remember his first name. Tyler Conklin comes in. Mike he signs Conklin. a three-year deal for twenty point two. Jimmy Conklin? No. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, starting the quarterback, you, you mentioned by Zach Wilson. He wasn't good last year um, at all. Really didn't do a whole lot there. But, I mean, his arm's fantastic, right? You get the ball mm-hmm. at all different angles. And to be fair, I mean, Beckton was out last year. He, You know, the offensive line was in shambles. His receivers, Elijah Moore was fantastic, but he got banged up out there. Corey Davis was banged up out there. He missed time due to injury. He missed time. So, even even Wilson, he got he got hurt week seven. He hurt his knee. So, after that, I mean, yep. that's after his best game, honestly. Mm-hmm. So, he has best game versus Titans, hurts his knee, comes back. Team's in shambles at this point. I mean, the biggest bright spot on the team is Elijah Moore. For sure. Uh, on, on this as well. But I thought you were going to say the biggest bright spot was he banged his mom's friend. 
That's a bright Did spot you see too. CJ Uzama's shirt today? No. Man. He, 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 yeah, he had a time person of the year, and it was Zach Wilson. <laughs> it was great. Um, yeah, that's awesome. the biggest news out there for him. So it's going to be interesting to see what he does here in uh, 2022 with the new uh, run game. Also, awesome offensive line should be better with Becton coming back here as well. Mm-hmm. The receiving core, they invested two quality tight ends, veteran tight ends. The receiving core, Corey Davis, Elijah Moore, and Garrett Wilson is, is dynamic. Elijah That's Moore is out there doing, I mean, Elijah Moore, part of the season, looked like he was the next big-time wide receiver. I, I think, mean, I think Berrios is kind of underrated, too, as like a number, you know, a second slot type of guy. He's, he's, a, he's a very solid NFL yeah. guy. Not, yeah. not, like, not for fantasy. Yep. Yeah, not for fantasy. But Moore came out last year. Wilson. But he can help Wilson. It was my point. Yep. Yeah, I mean, he put up big games. I mean, he was wide receiver uh, coming out the second half of the season. He was he had a week where he was wide receiver one overall, wide receiver three overall, wide receiver eight overall. Um, finished as a wide receiver three two times as well. So he came out here and had some really big games. Um, for me, he was somebody that I saw a note on here that from the middle of the season, he was like wide receiver like three overall. Like somewhere in the middle of that season. And, and he started slow. Uh, he, there was a hamstring injury or something at the beginning of the year. I, yeah. I couldn't remember what it was. Sorry. It is, it's Elijah Moore for me that puts the biggest damper on Garrett Wilson. Sure. And Garrett Wilson is a dynamic receiver. Probably the number one receiver I had coming out of this draft class, like from a film standpoint. But from a dynasty and a fantasy football standpoint, like I, I just I would move him down. Like if I had my rookie draft today, like I would take Drake London ahead of him. I would take Traylon Burks ahead of him, and I would take um, Jameson Williams ahead of him. You do this all the time, and then you get screwed. And then you get mad I at do, yourself. But it just, yeah, you get mad. Like, why do I change Talent the base on situation? situation? Yeah. Well, Talent he, will emerge, my friend. I know. I agree with that. But I think I Elijah stop. Moore is so talented as well. He needs so – like, he would need Elijah Moore not to be as sweet as he is. And Elijah Moore is just super sweet. Or maybe that helps him because it opens it up and he's not facing the number one corner all the time. It could. Or he gets the number one corner and opens up for Elijah Moore. And Elijah Moore to the moon. But they need Zach Milson to take a step forward here. They, they bring both Tree, do it. They bring Corey Davis Hall. is the man. Corey Davis is the guy there. CJ Uzoma uh, tied in one. That's what just happened. Oh, my gosh. No, Denzel Mims. We would expect Wilson to probably play the slot, right? Like with Jameson Crowder leaving. That's where... Wilson would kind of slide into that role there. Uh, I would expect him to to play the X probably, um, I, but the, I mean they might have Wilson or they might have a uh, Corey Davis playing the X. I would assume Moore would probably go to the slot I would before think, Wilson. I, I would, would think that also. Yeah. Yep. Okay. It's it, it's gonna be interesting yeah. to see how it plays out. But like, I think I think Wilson could do both. I think Wilson Mo- can do. Any I, I think Moore can do both also. Yeah. So you know what I mean? Like I, Moore is a guy that is uh, probably a slot body that can play both. And and Wilson's a little bit leaner and taller. Wilson's and, so good off the yeah. line and stuff. He can he can do whatever he wants. Yes. I like Wilson a ton. I think he's a fantastic player as well. But I think from a fantasy football output, if you want to say for this season, sure. But for dynasty, I'm still taking Garrett Wilson where I had him before. You're taking him number one. Yes, I would still draft him as the top receiver. So I think today I would I would take Drake London over him today. I in redraft for sure, but not in dynasty. I just, I love Elijah Moore. I. Still think Garrett Wilson's a better asset and a better receiver. I agree. That's probably fair. I'm probably overthinking it here. Yeah. Moore, was, he's proven though. More, more, more. Well, in a he's small sample good. size, yes. 347 snaps for Moore out, out wide last year. 125 from the slot. There you go. You can do both. Yeah. Well, we always do, do that. His out. hands are so damn good. so good. Those are two really good weapons for Zach Wilson. Absolutely. He's got to put together this year because those are dynamic young weapons. And when I said earlier that there's a the other team that I'm really watching is also in this division. It's, yeah. it's, it's the jets. They, 
I mean, they could have a dumpster fire of a season or they could have a Bengals like ascension where all of a sudden all of these assets look amazing and everybody's excited about this second year quarterback and these young receivers. And I mean, young running back, young running back. Like there's a lot of parallels yeah, between the two, really uh, but that doesn't mean it's going to play out like the Bengals. We'll see. It could be an absolute dumpster fire. It could be incredible. It could be anywhere in between. So that's, what's going to make them so fun to watch this year is, I really don't know where they're going to end That's up. That's why they brought C.J. Uzama. He's going to bring that. Bring Bengals. bring the Bengals culture. Yep. And they have a new dynamic running game, bringing Brees Hall yeah, they do. Uh, high in the second. And then you can't throw away. You just can't discard Michael Carter there either. Well, no, absolutely I mean, not. Michael Carter showed last year. Could. No, I, see, I disagree. I mean, Michael <laughs> Carter showed, just like Chase Esmonds last year, he was, when it came to um, yards after contact and missed tackles, like, Marco, Michael Carter is pretty dynamic last year. There's no, a he is. He's a good player. There was a lot of hype going into him this year. Um, he, he had multiple games last year where he finished as a top 24 fantasy football running back. They use him as that three down back multiple times. Now, clearly, this is going to be the Brees Hall show. For sure. They traded up into the early second to get Do you like Brees Hall, Rich? Oh, dude, I'd be his baby daddy. <laughs> um, so, for me, I just I think the Mike, I, I'm very curious to see just how much they're going to use Wilson and Moore together. I'm really curious to see how they're going to use Michael Carter and Brees Hall because mm -hmm. it doesn't matter how dynamic Brees Hall is, which he's pretty dynamic. I think if Michael Carter's capable, they're going to use him as well. And I think some people are just willing to slip. I mean, almost to the point where like Michael Park Carter is probably a good buy in Dynasty right now because the Brees, the Brees Hall has just torpedoed his value. Mm -hmm. And if Brees Hall goes down and his offense steps up in the receiving game, Michael Carter has low-end running back one, high-end running back two upside on a week-in, week-out basis that time that Hall misses. And, and if somehow he can find him his way into that uh, – third down row, that PPR role, right? Mm -hmm. He's a third down running back. He can somehow offer that J.D. McKissick, Naheem Hines, high-end running back two upside as well on this team. Definitely Zach Wilson can put together and they got to rely on the running game. A I, I think the hard part is I think we are looking more at Naheem Hines because I think it's going to be a similar situation as Jonathan Taylor where early they, they utilize multiple backs, they ease him in, but once Brees Hall hits his stride, I think it's going to be similar to Jonathan Taylor where – it's just so tough to take him off the field because he's so dynamic, he's so and he could do it. He could he, do it in the passing he, game as well. Yeah, so he's easy. even better in the receiving yeah. game than than Jonathan Taylor. Absolutely, he's good. Oh, he's really good. So good. And you're right. You're right. But Michael Carter's still a great. He's still a good player. Back. It's not that he's a bad player at all. I, that's that's just what I worry about. Is I, I think once he really hits his stride, it's going to be. So who's your favorite buy here? <sighs> CJ Uzama. <laughs> uh, mine's mine's still Elijah Moore. See, I think because of that, I think I'm probably going to go Garrett Wilson because I think there are a lot of people that are thinking similarly to you to where, like, uh, he's a rookie. There's other rookies that landed in better spots. Uh, so I, I think it's probably Garrett Wilson for me. But it's funny. Uh, right now, their ADP is, like, extremely similar. Garrett, Even, oh, really? Garrett Wilson's wide receiver 22. Elijah Moore's wide receiver 34. Really? Mm -hmm. As okay, of July 13th. Okay, because uh, like in most That's of the <laughs> the startups and, and and Scott Fishbowl and stuff like that, I've seen them go back to like literally back to back multiple times. I was in a startup recently where they went back to back. And then uh, even in the AMA today, he's like, uh, a guy was like, I'm on the, the five, six turn and these two guys are available. Do I take Garrett Wilson or do I take Elijah Moore? So I've, I've seen them put together often. Um, so I'm surprised to see that there's that big of a gap. What was the numbers? I'm sorry. I was uh, looking at something else. Wide receiver 34 is Elijah Moore, and um, Garrett Wilson's wide receiver 22. Oh, wow. ADP. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 
So I'm buying more there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. I, and, and I would dangle. I would. I like Garrett Wilson a ton, but I would still dangle him out there. See what kind of value he can get off his, you know, before mm. he even touches the ball and see what can come out there. Because it could be Elijah Moore be the number one receiver on this team. It could be. It's, He's it's, that it's possible. Um. So yeah, I, I'd probably, I'd probably be dangling Wilson. See what I get. Maybe I get a 23 first and a receiver, like a, a another receiver mm-hmm. I like. Um. Zach Wilson's QB 21. That's about right. For that him. feels right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the biggest, he's, he's, I mean, he's I, the biggest I get, risk. I get that that feels right, but then we're, we're seeing Justin Fields come off the board as what quarterback 12, 13. We're seeing Trey Lance come off the 16, board. Yeah. Uh, similar range. We're seeing like, we're seeing all of these guys going like the Lance late second, early third. Uh, they have different kind of upside though. Rushing upside, all that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? They, like, they do, but Zach Wilson's not immobile. He's not uh, immobile, but, but he's not going to get But you. the funny thing is we, we are, we baked in for all of these other guys like this bump, which none of them necessarily deserved on situation. I get that. Uh, the the Niners didn't do anything to help Trey Lance this offseason as far as offense goes. The Bears sure as heck didn't do anything for Justin Fields this offseason. Tre- uh, Trevor Lawrence a little bit. They helped him, but not a ton. But all those and, guys feel a little high for me, though. Sure, but you know that's what, what I'm saying. I don't know that the gap between Zach Wilson and all of those guys should be this big because if there's anybody that got a supporting cast bump this season, it's clearly Zach Wilson out of all those guys. Mm-hmm. And last year, all of them performed roughly the same. Like, none of them were that great. I don't know why it's Other such a disparity Davis of, Mills. of all of them. But, well, see, that's the thing. Mac Jones really didn't perform that well. Davis enough. Mills had good games. Dave, I, I Davis mean, Mills he didn't. performed like offense. Like real life football, real life football yeah. better. Yes, absolutely. They, they definitely insulated Zach Wilson the most, right? So that's why I don't understand the discrepancy between all of those other second year quarterbacks and then Zach Wilson. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're willing to like get the Tua bump, like you gotta get the Zach Wilson exactly. bump as well. Like exactly, out of, out of value, I'm taking Zach Wilson over all of them. Like Zach Wilson's one of my favorite grabs in Superflex startups because he goes so late. Even Scott Fishbowl, he went so late there. Um, so he's probably the best bang for your buck when you're always searching for those young quarterbacks. Right now, there's such a big pool of them of mystery. Like, you know, it's like, and the, the heaviest apple in, when you're bobbing is going to be, on the bottom is going to be Zach Wilson. So he's going to be the easiest one. To, the heaviest uh, one went that sink. That would sink all the way to the, so you got so to really, really stick your head. Well, yeah, well, but less people are going to, less people want that. That makes know? sense. Okay. So, I'm, right. a, I'm understanding the illustration now. I got you. Okay. I'm just saying, yeah. It took me a second, but I'm there. You know what I mean? But like, we just he, needed to, yeah, we need to talk, talk it out. So for buy wise, he's probably the best buy. Probably. And definitely the Superflex teams on the Jets. Well, that's it. It's a long show. Well, how many minutes are we at? Almost an hour and a half. We really wrapped up. These these shows usually go an hour and a half. The Nerd right. Show will be about an hour. They deserve it. We have it. no commercials. No, right no ads. No, you know. They deserve yeah. it. That's right. So support our sponsors at Prize Picks and FFPC and make sure you get a free shirt and stuff. And of course, Support the nerd herd. Join up. I mean, listen, if you've been waiting all summer, because, you know, it's been a dynasty hot boy summer. You know, we've been all been enjoying it. Look, I'm looking tan. Dude, right? you're so tan. Oh, City look boy. City boy. Yeah. So close. It's the only best thing I got going Look at that me. forehead. Woohoo. Oh, man. No hats this, this um, past week. Huh? But, you know, as the season gets closer, maybe you've been waiting. Uh, now's the time to get a jump on, right? Like, it's going to be pedal the metal from here for between the team coverages to in season talk. To then the most importantly, the after season talk. Make sure you get on there. Nerd Herd, DynastyNerds.com. Check it out. Uh, we have an app coming soon. We have a lot of stuff to display at the expo. And again, the expo coming up here in two weeks. And can FM mm, Expo. Can't Make sure you check it out. Not only will all of us be there Probably. the whole weekend, but literally almost any Maybe. analyst you could think of uh, 
we'll be out there. Yeah, it, go to the, the fantasyfootballexpo.com. Yeah, check us out. We'll have yeah, a booth. August 12th we'll be out there. through the 14th, Canton, Ohio. Your favorite analyst, most likely outside of like Matthew Barry, will be there. Yeah. You know, Mike Clay, Pat Doherty, Rob Wozniak. It's fun, man. It's a good time. Yeah. There's a ton Scott of Scott Fish, Ryan McDonald. ton of events that happen throughout the whole weekend that you can go to. And Tons of good times. Yeah. So that's it. We'll be back next week breaking down some more divisions. But now let's jump into the NFC East. Adios.